Welcome to the May 16th, 2019 edition of the Crypto.IQ Daily Radio Show, where we do a deep dive market analysis every day and talk about the most interesting stories in the Bitcoin and crypto space. This is your host, Space Marine, live from space. Last night was pretty crazy on the crypto market. A lot of altcoins were going up like 10, 20%. Even Ethereum was up 20%. And Bitcoin hit a new 2019 high of 83.65 on Bitstamp last night, right around 9 p.m. Eastern Time. And then after that, Bitcoin pulled back. It went as low as $7,900 around 1 a.m. in the morning. Came back up a little by 3 a.m. in the morning to $8,100. And then it pulled back again to as low as $7,800, even slightly lower, around 9 a.m. in the morning. And now Bitcoin's coming back a bit. It's at $7,950, trying to get to that $8,000 level. Looking at the Bitstamp order book dev chart low, the buying pressure is weaker than the selling pressure at this exact moment. I've seen that change in an instant, but we are going to have to see that change in order for Bitcoin to make an up move this morning. One thing that's going against Bitcoin and the crypto market this morning is the stock market is kind of rallying. I wouldn't particularly call it a rally. It's up 1%, but that is like 200, 300 points on the Dow Jones Industrial Average. So the stocks are looking a little bullish this morning. And I've been noticing an increasing trend of when stocks crash, like they did a few days ago, and then we see like Bitcoin rally. So that hasn't really been a correlation in the past, but it's becoming one now. Because there's a lot of indicators such as global trade, like crashing, and the bond yield curve inverted twice. So it seems like an economic recession is coming in the future, and that's spiked uh, stock traders' interest in Bitcoin. And when stocks go down a lot in one day, that seems like that's when they buy the Bitcoin. They move the money out of stocks into Bitcoin. Well, today we're not seeing much of that movement at all because stocks are doing okay. In the future, when the stocks really start to get bad and bond interest drops towards zero because everyone's rushing into bonds, and also gold is quite flat long term. That's when we're going to see Bitcoin become the only profitable choice for any investor. And I think we're going to see the big Bitcoin rally to like maybe back to 20,000 if and when the stock market really crashes. It probably is going to based on that bond yield curve inversion. It usually happens about a year after the bond yield curve inversion. Moving on with the rest of the market analysis. So Ethereum is at $264 right now. That's definitely a new high for 2019. In fact, Ethereum's kind of leading the market. It's up 13%, $28 billion market cap. It's now $10 billion ahead of Ripple. So Ripple and Ethereum have had this rivalry where they're trying to be the number two crypto. Ethereum is by far the number two crypto right now. It's way ahead of Ripple. Ripple's down 1.3% in the past 24 hours, but it's at 42 cents. So it's way up in the past week. Bitcoin Cash is up 6.9% at $408. EOS is up 6.3%. It's at $6.60 now, $6 billion market cap. So it's finally above its ICO price of $5 billion market cap. Litecoin is up 2.2% at $97. There was a good amount of time yesterday night and even into the morning where Litecoin was above $100, so it's pulled back slightly, but it's still up in the past 24 hours. It's near a $6 billion market cap as well. In fact, Litecoin could lap EOS any time here if it rallies a little bit. Binance Coin is down 2.8%. It's at $26.20, so it's way up from when Binance had its crisis. Binance was hacked and they lost 7,000 Bitcoins. And that forced Binance to do a system upgrade and revamp their security. They closed on deposits and withdrawals for like almost a week, not quite a week. And Binance Coin crashed to like $18 during that time, but it came all the way back and then some. In fact, Binance Coin was at its all-time high maybe several hours ago of $27. That's its all-time high ever. Even during the rally of late 2017, early 2018, Binance Coin was lower than that. So Binance Coin is near its all-time high at number seven on coin market cap. Stellar is up 17.7% in the past 24 hours. It's just over 14 cents. Cardano is up 2.8%. Tron is down 1.8%. 
Monero is up 0.3% near $90. It almost hit $100, but not quite. So it'll take another rally for Monero to hit $100. It's at 90 Dash is up 5.1% the past 24 hours at $153. Bitcoin SV is up 1.4% near $67. IOTA is up 4.3% at $0.43. Cents. So IOTA is way up in the past week. It was like around $0.30 cents previously. Now it's $0.43. Cents. Tezos is up 1% in the past 24 hours at $1.70. Tezos is way up in the past couple months. And then we're seeing NEM. NEM shot up there to number 17 on CoinMarketCap. It's up 45%. That being said, I wrote a War on Shitcoin's article on CryptoIQ about NEM because they have this centralized organization that kind of stole a bunch of money out of their treasury. So I wouldn't invest in NEM even though it's suddenly up 45%. They have a very centralized supply, so they could easily be kind of taking supply off of the market and then that causes a rally and then they dump it once it's at its highest point. That's kind of the case with a lot of centralized cryptos, even Ripple and Stellar. They can rally a lot because all it takes is the centralized organization that holds most of the coins to pull the coins off the market. Well, so yeah, NEM's up 45%, briefly up there right below Tezos. It's almost at a $1 billion market cap. And another thing to note is that IOTA and Tezos now have a market cap in excess of $1 billion. So now there's 16 cryptocurrencies of a market cap over $1 billion. That's up from 14 a few days ago. So the more cryptocurrencies with more than a $1 billion market cap, that's a sign of the market's getting healthier. Cosmos is down 0.6%, near $4.20. It kind of had like a pump and dump uh, over the past couple of weeks. So even during the big rally, it was still kind of dumping. NEO is up 2.4%, near $12.30. NEO is kind of like Asian Ethereum. It's a pretty important blockchain platform, $800 million market cap. And then let's go down to Dogecoin. Dogecoin's up 3.8% in the past 24 hours. Uh, I saw it hit a $400 million market cap a little earlier. Right now it's at $385 million market cap. In general, the crypto market's doing very well. It went up so much last night though and then kind of came down. That's the only reason we're seeing some cryptos in the red. It's a little bit mixed this morning. But overall, the crypto market is actually quite bullish, I would say. And as I'm speaking, Bitcoin has gone up to $8,000 again. And the buying pressure is looking a little better right now. Currently, the total crypto market cap is at $252 billion. That's 152% above the bear market low. Last night, when everything was rallying a lot, the total crypto market cap hit $264 billion. So that's the 2019 high. And I guess that's the level to watch to see if we can continue the bull run. But yeah, even right now, $252 billion market cap, that is way up. That's a really significant recovery. It seems like the bottom was in December when Bitcoin hit $3,100 and the total crypto market cap hit $100 billion. And I'm going to wait until the next CME futures expiration at the end of this month in May in order to declare that the bear market is over. If Bitcoin could keep going up past that expiration and the crypto market keeps going up, I would be ready to declare the bear market is over. But it's a pivotal point because we've often seen the market hit a pivot point right at the CME expiration. It could go from going up to going down or go from going down to going up. So yeah, that CME futures expiration is a pivotal moment and a crucial moment to watch for the Bitcoin and crypto market to see if this bull run could keep going. Moving on to the first interesting story of the day. Due to the recent bull run, there's a lot more transaction activity going on on the Bitcoin blockchain, and the mempool is showing that. Right now, there's 40 to 50 megabytes of transactions that are unconfirmed in the Bitcoin mempool. This is roughly the highest levels we've seen in 2019 so far. In fact, transaction fees at this exact moment are $4 for a Bitcoin transaction. That's starting to get a little too high. We need the Lightning Network to come in now. The Lightning Network is set up, but it's not fully mature yet. Basically, each channel has $150 capacity. So, like, if someone wants to send thousands of dollars of Bitcoin or millions of dollars of Bitcoin, they can't really use the Lightning Network. They use it for very small transactions. It's actually optimal for microtransactions. 
basically the Lightning Network works by you open a channel with one Bitcoin transaction on the blockchain, and then you close the channel with another transaction on the blockchain. And in between, you could send as many transactions as you want. So you could send like a million transactions in between, and then it only comes out to two transactions on the Bitcoin blockchain. So that's really good for scalability, but it's not mature enough yet for the activity we're seeing at this exact moment. Basically, a lot of the activity we're seeing right now is people moving large amounts of money into Bitcoin and transacting into exchanges and putting it in their wallet. So we're talking big amounts of money because there's billions of dollars being invested into Bitcoin probably like every day now at this rate. I mean, the Bitcoin market cap has shot up all the way to $141 billion and it was below $100 billion not that long ago. So lots of money being invested into Bitcoin, being moved around. It's causing the transaction frequency to spike a lot and the Lightning Network's not really a good solution for it. So we once again have this transaction fee crisis. It's up to $4 and that makes me worry a little about the market. It's not high enough yet to cause a total catastrophe, but it's starting to get to the point where you can't really buy a cup of coffee or you can't buy a beer with Bitcoin. Like there are some bars and there are some coffee places like actually Starbucks lets you buy coffee with Bitcoin. Um, I'm not sure how the transaction fees factor into that. I think it actually doesn't because they have it in like an app where it's like in your wallet and then it's already in their app list, so they convert it to fiat instantly. So actually there are systems like um what starbucks and whole foods has now via the flexa app where the tr bitcoin transaction fee doesn't affect it but when you're depositing the money into that wallet for the first time if you're sending like ten dollars in you're gonna pay like four dollars but after that you can spend it at the store and it's okay so there are solutions available such as processors that literally take the bitcoin out of your wallet and convert it to fiat and they just kind of keep the bitcoin so they don't have to transact it again sort of thing uh that being said, it's still not good. We're seeing transaction fees of $4. Like, sometimes the transaction fees during the bear market were one Satoshi per byte because the transaction activity was very low on the Bitcoin blockchain. Right now, we're seeing fees as high as, like, 200 Satoshis per byte, more around, like, 150 Satoshis per byte, which is a lot. So, yeah, I hope a scalability solution comes in soon. I hope they just upgrade the Lightning Network, like, right now and make it full capacity. That would be really nice. So that's what we need because if the Bitcoin rally continues, this could become a problem again. Back in the last rally, during late 2017 and early 2018, the Bitcoin transaction fees actually went up to 50 to $60 per transaction. I think that helped end the rally. I mean, the main factor was CME Bitcoin futures going live and like introducing a massive amount of short selling pressure and printing kind of like fake Bitcoins, like paper Bitcoins. But another factor was like the transaction fees were so high that Bitcoin was unusable as a currency. I sure don't want to see that happen again because Bitcoin has so much potential right now. Like this is a really good time for it. We had that block happening coming in May 2020 and maybe the stock market will be crashing by then too, leaving Bitcoin as the only profitable asset. The last thing the Bitcoin uh, space needs is for the transaction fees to go high. It makes Bitcoin look stupid. So I hope they figure out the scalability soon. It is starting to become a problem at this moment. That being said, it's probably not going to spike right up to like 50 bucks right now. It could, like, oftentimes within a few days, the mempool size goes back down to near zero and the transaction fees relax. But that's usually also associated with Bitcoin kind of going down, too. So we need to figure out scalability to have, like, that true Bitcoin bull run if we want to go way above 20,000. Because at this rate, if we go to 20,000, we're going to see the transaction fees just like they were in late 2017 or early 2018. I'll be monitoring the Bitcoin mempool and reporting on it every show and seeing how it's going because right now it's finally getting stress tested enough because of all the activity going on that we're seeing it kind of get overloaded with 50 megabytes of transactions. That's like 50 blocks in the queue that aren't processed yet. So it would take like at least 50 blocks and actually a lot more because there's always new transactions to clear the mempool at this moment. Moving on to the next story. 
Speaking of institutional investors, people that might be usually in the stock market that are going into Bitcoin. So Coinbase has Coinbase custody, and now they have $1 billion under management. And they say it's growing like by $150 million every month. So this represents big traders and institutions putting money into Bitcoin. Coinbase is probably the most trusted and biggest retail exchange in the United States, and they also focus on institutional investors now. So yeah, they got $1 billion in there. That's not a big deal in the global scheme of things, but it shows like, hey, this is happening with probably every custody business and every crypto hedge fund. There's probably lots of money moving into Bitcoin right now from the stock market in general. So that's the good news, and that's why we're seeing this rally right now. It definitely takes billions of dollars of institutional money to get us back up to where we are at this moment. And if that continues, like I already talked about on the show, if the stock market really crashes, we're going to see that absolutely blow up. There's going to be like... Coinbase off 10 billion or 100 billion, not just 1 billion. Moving on to the next story. Bitcoin Cash accidentally split their chain yesterday. So, right in the middle of this bull run, they decided to do a hard fork. I'm not exactly sure what this hard fork was doing. I think it was just some small updates, not really like a major update or anything. I, in fact, even if they changed the block size, it doesn't matter at this point. They already went up to like 32 megabyte block sizes, I believe. So that's already way too much. Like, their block sizes are usually less than one megabyte. They might be a little more now because of the rally, but they're certainly not even close to 32 megabytes. Anyways, back to the story. So yeah, they uh, did a hard fork, and then all the people that were running the old version of Bitcoin Cash nodes, like, literally their nodes stopped, and yeah, they were stuck on a block. And then on even the new chain, there was like nine blocks in a row with zero transactions. So the Bitcoin Cash developers did an update they patched it and apparently it's fixed now and if this would have happened on like a bearish day in the middle of the bear market i bet they would have crashed but this was in the middle of like a really bullish day so bitcoin cash was like maybe down 10 percent relative to other cryptos but still up five percent on the day when this happened yesterday so yeah that was actually good timing for them to have a major error in general hard forks are not good I'm really skeptical of when any major cryptocurrency says they're doing a hard fork. Like, Bitcoin is really good about never doing any hard forks. There was, like, one back in the day. A hacker created 183 billion Bitcoins, and then they had to do a hard fork to erase those Bitcoins. And that was an emergency. Like, we see cryptocurrencies nowadays, like Ethereum and Bitcoin Cash, doing hard forks just to update the code, which I think is unnecessary and it's dangerous. In this case, if you have a chain split... I don't know what happened. There's like no damage reports here because it's such a decentralized system. But literally, people could have sent like Bitcoin Cash from the wrong chain to the other chain sort of thing. And you could lose transactions. It's very confusing. It messes up the whole network. In this case, Bitcoin Cash survived. And now it's like kind of up 7% today. So Bitcoin Cash is okay. But yeah, they did have a chain split yesterday, which is an unusual event. Moving on to the next story. So Bitcoin Cash is not the only cryptocurrency that had problems yesterday. Stellar's network shut down for two hours by accident, pretty much. Apparently enough of the Stellar node shut down for various reasons that the whole network halted. So it's not like all the nodes crashed, but there was some sort there was some sort of like fail-safe system here and it shut down for two hours and they're trying to fix it. That being said, Stellar was up like 30-40% yesterday or probably 30% at its highest point. So Stellar had a major rally yesterday. It was having a ton of activity. So this was kind of a stress test, and I guess they failed the stress test. That being said, Stellar's still up 18% in the past 24 hours. The theme for today seems to be that the blockchain networks were getting stressed out from all the transactions. Like Bitcoin's transaction fee is like pretty much way too high right now. It's at $4. It's not catastrophic yet. Bitcoin Cash tried doing a fork in the middle of a high transaction period, and they had a chain split, and Stellar... Literally, like, their network shut down for two hours because of stress. So, yeah, we're getting, like, a stress test out of this rally, too. And 
Hopefully, all the major cryptos can resolve their problems. And most importantly, I think it's important for them not to do updates anymore because Stellar, like, they actually shut down for two hours because of an update they recently implemented that kind of failed. So the more updates people do to their blockchains, the, uh, the more likely it is they'll miss something and it'll come out when the network's being the most active. That's when the real stress is put on the network and something breaks. And this is why I love Bitcoin. It, it never does upgrades like this, like the other blockchains do. And it never has downtime. The transaction fees might be really high right now, but it is working 100%. Moving on to the next story. So ransomware has been a problem since day one, even before crypto existed. Ransomware was a thing. They were asking for like PayPal and Amazon gift cards and money packs back then. But now they're asking for Bitcoin and crypto. Basically, like a hacker will lock up your computer, God forbid. And then there's like a, literally just one message on the computer saying your computer is completely encrypted and locked. We have all your stuff. And if you want it back, give us a Bitcoin. Literally, they'll ask for an entire Bitcoin, even though it's like $8,000. And apparently there is a firm out there, like actually multiple ransomware solutions firms actually just pay the ransom. So what they do is they're expert negotiators, quote unquote, with the hackers. And they actually talk to them one on one and be like, hey, what's up? How you doing? And they fi they're finding that the hackers are actually just stressed out people from other countries outside the United States that kind of have no way to make money. So they... They have no problem attacking computers in the United States and getting money out of people here because it's so far away and they don't care because they're desperate. So they'll talk to them be like, hey, we'll give you like $1,000 or $2,000 uh, instead of like a whole Bitcoin. So they try to negotiate the price down and then they pay the ransom. But they don't really tell their customers this. They supposedly submit reports to like the police or something or the government like every quarter. That's what one of the firms says. Like they submit a report of all the negotiations and everything that happened. Every quarter, so the government will be aware of who's hacking what. But they don't really tell the customers that, hey, they're just paying the ransom instead of actually fixing the computer. So it is actually possible to fix your own computer of ransomware. I've done it personally. I got ransomware on my computer once, and I literally fixed it myself. So I'm not sure how good the ransomware has gotten nowadays, but I'm pretty sure I could still fix the ransomware myself. So there's probably firms out there, too, that just fix it. Like, they hack it. They hack the ransomware, and they get rid of it. But in this case, we have firms kind of being lazy. They're asking for a tremendous price to fix the ransomware, and it's actually more than the ransom they pay. So they pay the ransom, and then they get even more money on top of that from the customer that they're fixing the computer for. And then they say they kind of make the computer so it can't be hacked again, supposedly. I don't think that's even possible. So yeah, I guess beware. If you have ransomware, maybe it's best to find like a friend or family member that's really good at computers so they could fix it for you instead of paying like thousands or like $10,000 for stuff on your computer. The ransomware firms that are doing this, that are paying the ransoms, are saying, hey, like, it's actually faster to pay the ransom than to do it, like, actually hack the system and fix it. Well, I think it's not very honest to be paying the ransom to the hackers. And it, it also kind of, like, exacerbates the problem because if we have firms paying out the ransom to the hackers, then they'll keep doing it. They'll keep hacking people's computers. If they get no money at all because people are able to fix the ransomware and get it off their computer, then they'll probably stop doing it. Moving on to the next story. It's time for some whale watch. So a whale is a person that has a tremendous amount of cryptocurrency. And Chainalysis, which is one of the best blockchain forensics firms, has found that 376 people hold more than 30% of all the Ethereum that exists. This makes Ethereum kind of prone to dumping from whales. But that being said, it's way more decentralized than like Ripple or Stellar, which hold almost all the Ripple and Stellar in their own accounts. Like the people that created Ripple and Stellar have most of the Ripple and Stellar. So that's actually a lot worse than 376 different people holding a third of all the Ethereum. Like literally Ripple, like we have one organization holding 58% of all the Ripple. And for Bitcoin, there's also some tremendous whales. Apparently 500 holders of Bitcoin 
control 20% of the entire Bitcoin supply. And that's not that bad. There's just some early people that got into Bitcoin. And remember, Satoshi Nakamoto is one of those people. So he has like a tremendous fraction of that 20%. And then we got some early, other early people that literally had a bunch of computers set up and they were mining block after block in the early days before Bitcoin was worth anything. So Bitcoin's really decentralized, actually. It's probably the most decentralized supply. But that being said, there is a little bit of centralization where you got 500 people holding 20% of the supply. So that's all I have for you today on this May 16th, 2019 edition of the Crypto.IQ Daily Radio Show. Come back tomorrow for another exciting episode and go to Crypto.IQ 24-7 for the most interesting stories in the Bitcoin and crypto space. Also join that Crypto.IQ trading desk. They have made over 314% profit since July. They're doing really good this month too. And if you join the Crypto.IQ trading desk, you can see their trades in real time with a full trade analysis with each trade. Just by reading the trade analysis, you can become an expert cryptocurrency trader, and it gets even better. You can ask the Crypto.IQ traders questions in real time, and they'll answer your questions pretty quickly. Joining the Crypto.IQ trading desk is the best way to become an expert and profitable cryptocurrency trader. This is your host, Space Marine, signing out. I remain in space.